Welcome to the Chan with the Plan, the podcast. And in this episode, I will be talking about getting the promotion you deserve with my guest, Terry McDougall. Terry Boyle McDougall is an executive and career coach and CEO of Terry B. McDougall Coaching. She helps high-achieving professionals remove obstacles that keep them stuck so they can enjoy more success and satisfaction in their lives and careers. Before becoming a coach, Terry was a longtime corporate marketing executive where she led teams, developed strategies, and advised senior leaders to drive business results. She's the author of Winning the Game of Work, Career Happiness and Success on Your Own Terms, and she is also the host of the Marketing Mambo podcast. Without any further ado, let's hop right into today's interview talking about how to get the promotion you deserve. Hi, Terry. Hey, Max. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. I know with the month of January, everybody's trying to kick into high gear and hopefully grow their career, whether it's a raise or getting a promotion. And I thought it'd be great for you to come on this podcast to help people who are currently uh, stuck in their current career situation uh, in terms of how they could get to the next level and get that promotion that they're looking for. Well, this is one of my, my most favorite topics to talk about. So I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Sounds good, Terry. So what are some of the key factors in terms of why someone wouldn't get promoted? So let's say, for example, you are a director for this company for four to five years. However, you interview for the next level up, whether that's an exec or some VP type role, uh, you didn't get it, which is fine. But then a year later, you try again and you still didn't get it. So mm-hmm. what could be some of the factors in terms of what's stopping them from getting to the next level or in, in other words, plateauing? You know, I, I always tell people that I work with that there's really only three ways to add value in the workplace. And you are either helping the company make money, save money, or reduce risk. And when people are looking to get promoted, the more highly or the more closely they can tie their accomplishments to how they're providing value in one of those three ways the more clearly the you know people above them are going to see that value and um, you know be ready to promote them. Um, so one other thing to keep in mind is that sometimes people can um, perform at a particular level, but maybe they haven't sort of up leveled to the point where people above them could see them in a more senior role. Um, so you know, in reality, you sort of have to overperform at the level that you're at in order to help people above you start to envision you at that next level up. Can you give me an example of uh, overperforming? Yeah. So it's really a going above and beyond. It's understanding not just, you know, what's within the parameters of your role, but how that fits into the bigger picture. You know, so, um, you know, starting to get curious about like, okay, well, how does what I I do fit into what the overall business objectives are of the area that I work in? And, you know, what can I do to sort of like step up and step out to support that larger business objective? Okay, could you provide me with a concrete example of this? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I'd love to provide you um, uh, an example from my own career, if that might be helpful. Um, I, uh, 
I worked in a marketing department for a bank and I was uh, the right hand person to the head of uh, marketing for that uh, division. And he left the bank. And because I'd worked so closely with him, I thought I had a real handle on what needed to be done in the role. And in fact, for you know the months before they started recruiting for his replacement, I stepped into the role and was sort of acting as the de facto head of the department, you know, interacting with our stakeholders and so forth. And I ended up applying for the job, but I kind of went into it very naively. I thought, oh, well, certainly everybody sees that I'm ready for this and I'm kind of already doing the job. And so I didn't really prepare uh, for the interview. I just kind of went in thinking like everybody else saw me the way that I saw myself. And unfortunately, I had a, a pretty humiliating um, <laughs> uh, experience. I, I um, it went into a panel interview. I really got nervous. I did not perform well, and I was eliminated from the um, from uh, the recruiting. So I got knocked out, and I, I it really hurt because I felt like nobody knew what needed to be done in that role better than I did. But I didn't I didn't show that. And I think um, the reason is because I really hadn't sort of elevated myself to that next level to think about what is it that they're looking for, you know, and I think one of the things that they were looking for was more gravitas than what I was showing. Um, Although I was eliminated from that, it really, it really bothered me that I hadn't performed well. So I actually went out and hired a coach and with her insights, I was able to talk about my, uh, you know, how I added value in a lot more, I guess, sophisticated way than what I had done before. And I also, um, I actually went out and bought new clothes. You know, I, I really, in some ways, kind of remodeled myself as somebody who was worthy of being at that executive level. And Interestingly enough, they went through that whole uh, recruiting process and they offered the job to someone and she turned it down. And rather than them kind of going to the next candidate, they started the recruiting process over, you know, all over again. And I applied again. And with the training that I had and sort of like my makeover, I made it to the final round of interviews. It was me and a candidate from outside the company. And it ended up, unfortunately, I, I, uh, I was a two-time loser, <laughs> and they offered the job to the external candidate. But the day that I found out that I didn't get the job, I got a call from a recruiter about another position. And by the time that I ended up leaving the company about three months later, I had two job offers and I was interviewing for a third. And I, I actually ended up taking one of the jobs that I was offered. And so, you know, I suppose that there's a couple lessons in this. And I mean, I'm just telling my story, but I think that this can be applicable to to many people, which is, you know, sometimes it's helpful to have somebody outside yourself to kind of point out some of the things that aren't obvious to you. You know, in my case, it was, I wasn't presenting myself as a more senior level leader, even though I felt like I was capable of doing that. Um, and the, the other thing is that sometimes maybe there's not going to be a path forward at your current Uh, company, you know, and it could be for any number of reasons. It might be that they just, 
you know, people at the next level are not leaving or advancing in the company. So there's just not any spots for you. But it doesn't mean that you're not capable. And it's it doesn't mean that you might not find a role that, you know, is um, an advancement over where you are right now, you might just have to leave to find it. And, um, you know, in my case, I feel like, even though it was a little painful going through that whole transition and having to, you know, see that I needed work. <laughs> um, when I when I left, I uh, within about a year after I left, I doubled my salary. So it was totally worth um, going through it, and even the pain and humiliation of <laughs> of not performing the way that I really wanted to be seen. Just to backtrack a little bit. You worked with a coach and you did uh, what I would like to call impression, impression management, where you actually changed your wardrobe to fit for that higher level role that you're trying to go for. Uh, can you explain to me more about that in terms of what you were dressed as before and then how you did your makeover to make you more presentable and more in position to the roles you were trying to go for? Um, yeah, I mean, I dressed professionally. I, w- I worked at a bank and, you know, it you needed to wear suits and so forth to to work, but I hadn't really refreshed my wardrobe and the clothing that I wear was wearing wasn't as tailored and as, you know, well-made as what people at the more senior level wore, you know? So I, I wouldn't say that I was, you know, dumpy or anything like that, but I just wasn't signaling that I was on the same level as people at the next level up. And, um, you know, I went out and I bought nicer clothing that was more tailored and, you know, I just paid more attention to, you know, I got my hair cut and spent more time on my makeup and that kind of thing. So that when, you know, when I walked in for the interviews that I think that the people I was interviewing with could envision me at, you know, at that boardroom table with the other leaders, um, because I think sometimes whenever you work for a company for a long time, you know, whether it's right or not, people tend to mentally pigeonhole you like, oh, okay, that's a more junior member of the staff or, or, you know, that people kind of in their minds start to think like, okay, what's your, what's somebody's potential. And if you believe that you've got more potential than maybe some others may believe, and then you've got to do something to change their impression. of. So as the saying goes, just for the job you want, not the job you have, right? Yes, absolutely. And I would say perform for the job that you want and not the job that you have as well. Um, you know, one of the things I see a lot of times is that people are saying, will say like, well, I've got, you know, I've got a lot of capabilities. And if I get that next level uh, promotion, I'll show them. And, you know, I say, look for opportunities to show them now, right? Whether that means that, you know, you're going to volunteer for other projects or, um, you know, you're going to step up, you're going to go the extra mile, you want to be able to demonstrate that beforehand, because it's risky to promote people, particularly if they don't perform. And, you know, for the people that make those decisions, if they promote somebody, and that person doesn't perform well, that looks bad for them. You know, so they want to be very certain that somebody is ready, and they're going to knock it out of the park when they get promoted. Oh, 100%. Because every new hire, whether it's a promotion or an external hire, is a risk, right? So yeah, uh, these people have to be certain that the person they bring on board will, will actually get the job done, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they, you know, and they also realize that if they don't, that 
you know, that's probably going to fall on their shoulders to make sure that the work gets done. And most of the time when you're hiring somebody, you're doing it because you want to make your own job easier, <laughs> you know? So going back to your story about how you interviewed for that position the second time, uh-huh. a lot of professionals, when they don't get the job the first time, they end up just looking elsewhere, whether it's a internal move uh-huh. uh, somewhere within the same company, or they actually leave the company completely and try to go for an external role. Uh-huh. So my question for you is, when is it always the right move to just look elsewhere once you not get that promotion, once you don't get that promotion initially, or should you stay the course and try again a bit later? What was the right approach to that uh, circumstance? Well, I mean, I, I really think that if you work for uh, a good company, um, that it's always easier to advance within the company that you're in than it is to go outside because you're already a known entity and you may have advocates within the organization that, um, you know, will give you an opportunity. Um, but, but that said, you know, if you've explored things or if, you know, say you work in an area where there's not a lot of opportunities for advancement, um, there's, there's nothing wrong with going outside, right? But you just kind of have to like kind of weigh your options. And, uh, you know, and if you want to do something different than what you have been doing, like a lot of times I'll see people that, you know, they want to sort of pivot, like say they work in marketing, they want to go into HR or something like that. Um, that's actually easier to do within, you know, a company that you're already working for. Because if you're going outside, not only do you have to, you know, attract their attention and make them think that you're a good candidate, but you have to overcome that hurdle of them understanding like, well, why do you want to pivot? And why should I, you know, believe that your background as a marketer is going to make you um, an appropriate HR representative or just as. So you're saying that if it is a good company, try to pivot to different uh, positions in a different field. compared mm-hmm. to just wanting to leave externally because you didn't get what you want, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think that um, I, I know I've worked for a couple pretty big corporations and it's much easier to hire somebody that already works for the company <laughs> for an opening than it is to hire somebody from outside. Um, you know, in a lot of industries, you know, background checks have to be done and, you know, drug tests and stuff like that. And if somebody's already an employee of the company, you don't have to go through that, you know, because they've already been vetted when they got hired originally. And so, you know, you can, you can get that person in place a lot more quickly than if you're hiring externally. And then I think the other thing too, is that that person's a known entity right? Like they've already been working for the company. You can actually go to people within the organization and say, you know, would you recommend this person Um, versus somebody coming in from externally, you know, there's a bigger risk because they're just not a known entity and they can, you know, they could look really good on paper, but, you know, that could be covering up some pretty big flaws. Okay, so let's say hypothetically the person wants to look elsewhere. They, they couldn't get that promotion at their mm-hmm. current company, so they decided to look elsewhere. Uh, with that being said, would it be wise to leave a larger company for a smaller one in order to get a bigger title than it is to go to a, the same size company, but just have the same title and try to uh, move up uh, in the new company instead? Well, you know, it really depends on, on what the individual is interested in doing. But I will tell you that one of the um, things that I've seen is that a lot of times if someone works at a large company, um, 
sometimes smaller companies or less mature companies will be very interested in candidates that come from bigger companies. And the reason is that they can bring best practices or they can bring, you know, knowledge and intelligence that these companies have and bring it into the smaller company and help them sort of get up to speed. And sometimes um, that kind of experience is more valued by a smaller, less mature company versus if you were, you know, going from one company to another company that is the same, you know, size and, and maturity level. And in terms of promotions, uh, obviously, with the way uh, things have gone uh, in the past year almost, mm-hmm. let's say you work at a company and they give you a promotion, but there's little to no pay raise, but you'll be doing more work. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend professionals take this promotion or should you at that point uh, look elsewhere because you, you've been capped at that salary level? Well, I mean, I suppose I'd want to understand from you know my manager uh, what the agreement is, right? Like if, if they're offering me a promotion and they're saying, okay, you get this, this higher title and you get all this extra work, but you don't get any additional compensation (laughs) that there's not a lot of incentive there, you know, besides maybe having the title on your, uh, resume and maybe being able to leverage that when you leave for your next job, I'd want to understand like, okay, well, if, if there's no money that comes with this at this point, you know, try to get an agreement, like, when can we reevaluate this, you know, and maybe, maybe cash flow has been tight or something like that. And that's the reason why they're not going to give you um, a raise. But, you know, can we look at it next quarter? Can we, you know, um, I would want to get an agreement on that. And quite frankly, um, you know, I think that you just need to kind of look at your situation and make that decision, right? Like, if you're saying, okay, next year, I want to I want to leave this company, so I'm willing to do this job for a year with no additional pay, but I do have the VP title. You can use that. There's, you know, that's a stepping stone to, you know, maybe to going someplace else and saying, yeah, I was a VP at that company. And maybe your uh, pay increase is going to come when you get to that next, when you go to that next company and you can leverage your title to get that um, that pay increase with your next job. Okay. And, and just to add on to this question, w- when is it not a good idea to take a promotion? Like what are some of the warning signs that maybe this promotion is not the right uh, move for you in terms of growing your career path? Well, I mean, I, I suppose the, the first thing to think about is, um, you know, is the promotion coming along with things that you enjoy doing? Right. Because sometimes you might be offered a promotion where you get a higher title and you get more money, but the responsibilities of the job are not leading you in a direction that you want to go long term. And maybe you're not going to enjoy uh, doing the things that you do. I, I think that that can be a real trap, um, you know, where and believe me, I see it a lot in in coaching where people come and they're, they're like, oh, well, you know, I got into this line of work because somebody told me that you know, you can make a lot of money doing it. And I'm, you know, I've learned how to do it, but I don't enjoy it. Um, You know, so I I would really be very thoughtful about whether you enjoy the work that's being offered to you with the promotion. And if you don't hold out for something that is better aligned with what your interests are. So let's say you finally got that promotion that you deserve. What are some of the uh, mistakes that people make 
in the first, let's say, 90 days when they're newly promoted? I think that the most important thing to do when people when you get promoted is get extreme clarity on what the expectations of the role are. And, you know, even go to your, you know, your boss and say, you know, what does success look like after the first 90 days? What are your priorities for this role? And, you know, really focus on that. Um, I think it's really important also to um, get some quick wins, you know, so that, uh, you know, you can kind of point to that and say, okay, you, you know, you promoted me into this role. And these are the things that I've accomplished in the first 90 days that I'm, I'm here. Um, some of the mistakes that I see people making is that they don't mentally promote themselves to their new job. A lot of people will continue doing their old job and their new job. And, you know, if you've gotten promoted, a lot of times you are, you've been given more resources and it's important to use those resources to get the most leverage out of them. And that could be, you know, maybe you've gotten given, oh, sorry, you've been given an assistant or you have people reporting to you, um, you know, use, use those resources. You know, you can, you can determine like, okay, are these the systems we want to use? When are we going to meet? How, you know, how am I going to direct the staff that reports to me? Um, you know, leveraging all of those things is very important. You know, um, just uh, getting too caught up in the day-to-day stuff and not kind of maintaining a higher level perspective on the overall um, business objectives, I think can be um, you know, can cause people to not do well. I've seen this with a lot of professionals as well. So they, for example, they start off as an individual contributor and this is their first time in a managerial role. And what tends to happen, as you've already explained, Terry, is that they do their existing work or well, their old work, and then Mm -hmm. they're doing new work on top of their old work and they're not delegating. They're just micromanaging everything. So it's, Mm -hmm. so that's one of the biggest problems I've seen in terms of newly minted managers that were formerly individual contributors that they've, they're just amassing more workload without communicating and delegating properly to the new resources slash team that they've uh, gotten. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'll tell you, um, I'll give you a little analogy. I I mean, I had that problem at one point whenever I um, got promoted to management, I had been, you know, an individual contributor and, um, what, what I would do sometimes is like, you know, meet with some of our stakeholders in the company and I would get a, you know, a new marketing project and just out of habit, I would just start working on it. And then I would realize I don't really have time to finish this. And so I would, at that point, hand it off to somebody on the staff and I kind of equate it to like giving somebody a half eaten sandwich. You know, it's people don't like that, right? Like nobody wants a half-eaten sandwich. Um, and what I had to do is become, you know, comfortable with my authority as the leader of the department, and to realize that just because I was the person that, you know, that kind of like got the work, doesn't mean that I have to like immediately start working on it. You know, my job was to kind of like frame it up and kind of, kind of come to an agreement with the stakeholder within the business about what we were going to do and then decide who on my team was the best person to assign it to and to do that. Um, you know, it after, after like, you know, handing off a few half-eaten sandwiches and getting the dirty looks from the people on my team, I was like, okay, I, I need to do this better. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's definitely a great uh, uh, analogy. And thank you for sharing uh, that personal story with us. 
Uh, we are, we've reached near the end of our interview, and I really appreciate you coming on and discussing how people can get that promotion that they deserve. So how can people reach you or find you online? And what's the uh, main project that you're currently working on, Terry? Um, well, people can reach me at my website, which is terrybmcdougal.com, and that's B as in boy. Um, I also am available. I, I'd be happy to get LinkedIn with any of your listeners on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, and my handle is Terry B. McDougall. Um, my book, Winning the Game of Work, is available on Amazon. And I have just launched a podcast that's called Marketing Mambo. And it's, uh, you know, I my background before I became a coach was in marketing. And so it's a, it's a podcast that's really uh, focused on talking with movers and shakers in the marketing world. Well, that's great. So if everybody, if anybody uh, listening to the show wants to reach out to Terry, you'll know how to find her. Uh, thanks again, Terry, for your time and best of luck in the new year. Uh, thanks. Same to you, Max. I, I appreciate you having me on. What an awesome discussion with Terry. These are some of the highlights that I wanted to recap that I thought that were most important to summarize with you all today. When it comes to showing value in your workplace, there's only three ways to do it. It's how to help make them more money, how to help them save money, and how to reduce risk. You want to tie your work accomplishments into one of those three buckets in order to really help you build your case to get promoted. In addition, Terry also mentioned that you have to overperform at the level that you're currently at, so higher ups can envision you working at the higher level that you want to be at. It's all about going above and beyond in your current job, and you want to demonstrate beforehand that you're capable of the next step. Finally, if you do get promoted, you want to manage expectations with your new manager. So this involves having a discussion with your new manager in terms of clarifying expectations and what does success look like in the first 90 days. You really want to focus on these success points in the first 90 days to give you some quick wins to show that you belong and that this promotion was for you. Again, it was a great discussion with Terry on how to get to the next level in your career. And I hope you all took something away from today's interview. With that being said, see you next time on Chan with the Plan, the podcast. <laughs>